0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode on the Sports Stories Podcast. I'm your host Sajid McSwain and uh, today's episode I'm going to be going over the top 10 NBA draft busts so let's get right into today's episode. Now starting off at 10 which is like the lower Of the NBA draft bus on my list I have Adam Morrison who was drafted by the Charlotte Bobcats now to his defense Adam Morrison won two NBA championships no other player on this list has the ability to say that Morrison played for Gonzaga University for three seasons between his freshman and sophomore years he made progress but it was in his junior year that he cemented his place at the top of the draft lists in the country he scored 28.1 points per game Morrison uh wrecked uh the or sorry reached the forty point mark five times including against Loyola Marymount where he scored a career high forty four points. Now Morrison also had a three point percentage of forty two point eight percent. Morrison, a college basketball legend um, was was an explosive scorer and a man who, you know, wore, he wore his heart on the sleeve. You know, you, you could definitely see the emotion on the court uh, when he was winning. And the National Player of the Year Award, uh, which he shared with J.J. Redick that year, was also the cherry on top for his co- collegiate career. Now, Morrison... Uh, was selected third overall in the 2006 NBA Draft by the Charlotte Bobcats. Now, Morrison had a strong rookie season in terms of scoring. He had 12 games with 20 or more points, including a career-high 30 against the Indiana Pacers, and he averaged about 12 points, 38% from field and 34% from the three-point line, as well as a 71% uh, from the free-throw line um, in his rookie season. Now, the Bobcats benched him from the starting lineup in the second part of the season, due to his subpar shooting and terrible defense, uh, he nevertheless earned a spot on the all-rookie second team. Now Morrison missed the whole 2007-2008 season after tearing his ACL the following year during a preseason game against the Lakers. And then in the following season, he only appeared in 44 games for the uh, for Charlotte, averaging only 4.5 points the final two years of uh, Morrison's career uh, were spent with the Lakers as a bench player despite only participating in 39 games he managed to capture I'm sorry he managed to capture a championship every year he only averaged 7.5 points 2.1 rebounds and 1.4 assists over the course of his career he also made 37.3% of his shots from the field and 33.1% Uh, Of his three point attempts. While his career did not go as planned, he, you know, he can still say that he won two NBA championships with the Lakers. Now, coming in at number nine, I have Kwame Brown, who was drafted by the Washington Wizards. Nearly all of the highly regarded NBA prospects in the late 1990s and early 2000s graduated from high school. These athletes didn't need to play in college since they were that excellent. Brown had an outstanding senior year in high school. The six-foot-eleven power forward averaged 20.1 points, 13.3 rebounds, and 5.8 blocks per game. He was also selected to the McDonald's All-American team. Brown was selected first overall by the Washington Wizards in the 2001 NBA draft, which also, just imagine being a, a college athlete who played four years in college, right? And only, only to have the first overall pick be a player that's never played in college. That's, that's, you know, that's pretty, pretty big burden on both Kwame Brown's shoulders, but also just the players that were also in that draft. Like, he, he, had, he definitely had a chip on his shoulder, uh, for all the players in that draft class. And, I mean, Brown's problem was that he had a lot of hype, but little talent. His basketball skills were lacking and he was immature. Brown appeared in 57 games as a rookie, averaging 4.5 points and 3.5 rebounds. He improved slightly over the next two seasons. In the 2003-2004 season, he averaged 10.9 points and 7.4 rebounds, both career highs. Uh, He had a good game against the Sacramento Kings where he put up 30 points and 19 rebounds with a 75% field goal percentage. The Wizards made him a 5-year, $30 million offer in response to his growth and the um, free agency period coming up. He declined it because he wanted to explore free agency in the coming offseason. After that, he struggled with injuries the next season, appearing in only 42 games. His numbers also suffered greatly. He was acquired by the Los Angeles Lakers before the 2005 to 2006 season. He did little for the rest of his career. I'm sorry. He did little for the rest of his career. Um, but he did have, um, an area in the postseason series where he averaged 12.9 points and 6.6 rebounds. Brown played for five additional teams before quitting, or not before quitting, but before retiring, uh, after 13 seasons. Now, his overall stats are 6.6 points, 5.5 rebounds, and a 49.2% field goal percentage. Additionally, he only made fifty-seven percent from the free throw line. While sorry, while most most fans consider him a bust, he can take so you know, he could take solace in the fact that he was able to stay in the league for about thirteen years, which is a pretty big feat because uh I know in the NFL the average span uh, for a player, is like three years or three to three to six years. I want, I want to say, and I don't even, I can't even imagine what it's like in the NBA just due to like how close the primes are and like, you know, how easily somebody can just be cut out of the league entirely. So, I mean, him still playing for 13 years in the league is pretty good. And after that, Michael Jordan documentary, uh, The Last Dance, came out. Kwame Brown did kind of come out and uh kind of you know validated that Michael Jordan wasn't the greatest uh team player. Uh I think cuz Kwame Brown was drafted the same year. I want to say that Jordan uh played there and I guess Jordan really just kind of limited him um and didn't allow him to reach his full potential which could be something that uh really affected his career and made him a bust. Um from his eyes, you know, he was just kind of saying that Michael Jordan just wasn't really letting him play. But then again. If you're putting up the numbers that he was putting. I mean if I were Michael Jordan. I'd put you on the bench as well. But it, it it could be. That there could be some correlation between those two things. Both Michael Jordan kind of benching him. And sitting him for the majority of the season. And his numbers declining. Now at number 8. I have Michael Oluwakandi. Uh, who was drafted by the Los Angeles Clippers. Now. It took it took Michael Olo sorry I'm gonna have a hard time pronouncing his last name. It took Michael Olowakandi, sorry until he was 18 years um 18 years old before he began playing basketball. Although it's not ideal, some athletes could be able to make it work as an NBA prospect. He um he attended the University of Pacific and uh college and played sorry played college basketball there. Olwukandi had a strong senior season averaging 22.2 points, 11.2 rebounds and 2.9 blocks. In addition, he was named Big West player of the year. When the Los Angeles Clippers selected Olwukandi first overall in the 1998 draft, they were torn between him and Mike Bibby, which, you know, eh, you know everybody knows about Mike Bibby. So Mike Baby probably would have been the better pick. Um, and I did just do that video about the two thousand two Western Conference Finals where Mike Baby did kind of carry the Kings in that one along with Chris Weber. But anyway, back on track here. Um and they ultimately chose Oliver with Bibby's uh with Baby coming in second. Not Bibby's coming in second, but Bibby coming in second due to a lockout the nineteen ninety eight to ninety nine NBA season, did not begin until February nineteen ninety nine. Oliver was in Italy when the lockout ended, and as a result, he arrived late to training camp. Oluwakandi had a solid rookie season, averaging 8.9 points and 7.9 rebounds. He was named to the all rookie second team that season over the following two seasons his stats stayed the same but in 2001-02 and 2002-03 they improved by the 2002-03 season Oluwakandi averaged 12.3 points 9.1 rebounds and 2.2 blocks with 38 minutes per game following that he dealt with a previous knee injury um, which happened in 2003 which then hampered the rest of his career Despite signing a 3-year contract with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves in 2003, he missed over 100 games in 3 seasons due to knee, knee injuries. He was also su- suspended by the team in 2004 after being arrested for failing to have a or sorry for failing to leave a nightclub. He then spent the next 2 seasons of his career with the Boston Celtics. During those 2 seasons, he appeared in just 40 games. His career averages were 8.3 points per game, and 6.3 rebounds per game. He also never shot more than 46% in a season. The main issue was injuries, but off-court issues also played a role in his demise. Now next at the 7th spot, I have Chris Washburn who was drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Now players can fall short of expectations due to circumstances beyond their control, such as injuries. Chris Washburn though is not one of those players. He he clearly identified himself as a bust. Washburn had a solid if not spectacular college career at NC State. He averaged 16.4 points and 6.6 rebounds over two seasons. However, there were some off-court issues that should have raised concerns. He was arrested after stealing a stereo. He also did not take his AC, SAT, sorry, which resulted in a very low score. Even on the court, Washburn was chastised for having a poor work ethic. Despite the turmoil, the Golden State Warriors selected Washburn third overall in the 1986 NBA Draft. He had a kidney infection in January 1987. Later that month, he admitted himself uh, to a uh, rehab for his cocaine addiction. Later in March, Washington did make his way back into the uh, onto the Warriors. In 35 games during his first season, he averaged 3.8 points and 2.9 rebounds, and he also had two 17-point performances. Halfway through the 1987 to 88 season, the Warriors traded him to the Atlanta Falcons. During that season, he participated in 29 games with the Hawks and 37 games with the Warriors, and with that, his NBA. Sorry. Um his NBA career was pretty over, um or basically over. I mean after he failed three drug tests. The decision to draft Washburn was dubious from the start. There were numerous red flags, but they clearly believed the potential was worth it. However, when a player has such a poor work work ethic, it is usually you know, it's usually not the case. To end on a positive note, Washburn did overcome his drug addiction after leaving the NBA, um, which was great. And now I kind of see him uh, working more with, you know, getting everybody back on their feet after such a heavy addiction uh, like his was. And he's just helping out the community as of right now. Now next, coming in at the 6th spot, I have Greg Oden, uh, who was drafted by the Portland Trail Blazers. Now back in 2007, if you were placing NBA draft wagers, you probably had Oden going to the Blazers at pick number 1. That would have seemed like a wise wager given his stature and skill. Greg Oden's career may have been hampered more by injuries than anything else, but I'm sure some people would have ranked him among the top 5 busts. Oden only spent Sorry, Odin only spent one season at Ohio State, but that season allowed him to show off his talent. He's able to average 15.7 points and 9.6 rebounds, thanks to his height at 7 foot. He recorded 15 more rebounds in 5 of his outings. The Portland Trail Blazers selected Odin with the first overall pick in the 2007 NBA draft, but he missed the entire rookie season due to knee injury, knee surgery sorry Oden missed 20 games in the 2008 to 09 season due to uh, knee and foot issues however with 18 double doubles that season he showed signs of, of his ability the following season he got off to a tremendous start his total stats were significantly higher than they had been the previous season simply compare them side by side unfortunately another knee injury entered or sorry Another knee injury ended his season in 2009-10 after 21 games. Portland kept him on their roster for a few years, but he couldn't play because he had knee problems and had multiple surgeries. Odin signed a one-year contract with the Miami Heat for the 2010 or sorry 2013 to 2014 season. Odin's NBA career ended after he appeared in just 21 games that season, despite being a member of the league from 2000 sorry from 2007 to 2014. Odin appeared in 105 games over 3 seasons. He averaged 8 points and 6.2 rebounds during that time. It's difficult to say whether Odin would uh, would have lived up to the hype if he hadn't suffered knee injuries. However, I believe it's fair, or it's safe to say, I should say, it's safe to say that he would have had a successful career. He did, after all, exhibit some potential even following the initial knee injury. Now next, coming in at number 5, we have Hashim Thabit, who was drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, Hashim Thabit is another center who failed to reach his full potential and ranks among the NBA's biggest flops. At Yukon, the seven-foot3, 230 or 263pound Thabit was one of the top centers in the country his senior year at school was by far his best he averaged thirteen point six points ten point eight rebounds and four point two blocks per game while shooting sixty four percent from the field the memphis grizzlies selected the beat with the second overall pick in the two thousand nine nba draft His first season wasn't very noteworthy. He averaged 3.1 points, 3.6 rebounds, and 1.3 blocks in just 13 minutes per game. The Beat never finished the season with more than 11 points or rebounds in a game. However, they did have 6 contests with 4 or more blocks. The Grizzlies... Sorry, the Grizzlies quickly came to the conclusion that the beat will never attain his full potential. Due to this, they they dealt him to the Houston Rockets in the middle of the se- of his second NBA season. Only seven games played by the beat uh, with Houston before they traded him to the Portland Trail Blazers. Before moving to the Oklahoma City Thunder for the first uh, first first two seasons, he played there for just 15 games. V had no impact with the Thunder other than a thirteen point sorry, a thirteen point ten rebound double double against the Charlotte Bobcats in twenty twelve. With the beat, there, there wasn't actually any accidents or harm of any kind. I believe he simply had trouble adapting his style to the NBA. He was thought of as a defensive anchor, but when it didn't work out, his offensive his offensive incompetence you know, his offensive uh, skill, I should say. His offensive skill, you know, really left nothing there on the court. The beat's NBA career screams bust from every angle. Now coming in at number four, I have LaRue Martin, who was drafted uh, by the Portland Trailblazers, again, on this list. <laughs> I doubt many people recognize the name LaRue Martin, but he was the original NBA draft bust. Martin dominated the college landscape and did... Sorry, ended star players in the and was one of the star players in the 1970s. He spent three seasons at Loyola University Chicago. Each season, Martin averaged a double double. He finished his college career with an average of 18.2 points and 15.1 or sorry 15.9 rebounds. The Portland Trailblazers selected uh, the six foot eleven center first overall in the 1972 NBA draft. Martin, despite his height, was largely ineffective. He had 10 or more rebounds in 8 games, but his overall numbers were not encouraging. Martin had 4.4 points and 4.6 rebounds per game. In addition, he only shot 39.6% from the field. The following season, his stats were pretty constant and he made little progress. Unfortunately, it was short-lived. Martin played in the NBA for one last season averaging 4.4 points and 4.9 rebounds. Uh, f- for the Trailblazers, and then Martin was traded to the Seattle uh, SuperSonics. Uh, SuperSonics, I'm um, not SuperSonics. SuperSonics, but he was released before the season began. He also signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago Bulls, but uh, both teams cut him uh, before he could play. He appeared in two hundred seventy-one NBA games over four seasons. He averaged five point three points and four point six rebounds while shooting forty-one point six percent from the field during that time. Portland could have avoided this by selecting Bob McAdoo in the first round, or with with the first pick. Sorry, with their first pick. Um, however, there was strange backstory going on with him and joining the ABA in a secret draft. He finished close behind Martin for second place or for second pick overall. The Trailblazers simply don't have any luck selecting centers in the draft, clearly. And Martin was the beginning um, and subsequent, um, you know, route to the end, or bust at the end. Uh, I mean, he he was one of the first really big ones, especially in the early '70s. He was really one of the first busts that I was able to find, or just like scrolling through the internet. Uh, he was definitely the first like big bust that really happened to be in the NBA. Now next coming at 3 I have Sam Bowie who again was drafted by the Portland Trail Blazers. Now Sam Bowie might have the best numbers on this list. Uh he remains, you know, pretty pretty, you know, he's he's one of he's one of the or I guess I should say he he remains undoubtedly one of the greatest players of all time that is a bust so um you know that will happen if you are selected ahead of the greatest player of all time Michael Jordan now this one this is one of the most egregious draft um you know draft blunders in U.S. sports history Bowie had a successful collegiate career at Kentucky University but his injury concerns must have worried scouts in you know in the future. In three seasons, he averaged 13.4 points, 8.8 rebounds, and 2.3 blocks. He did, however, miss two full seasons due to a uh a fracture. I can't remember which part. I do want to say it was the leg. Uh but it was a stress fracture somewhere. And Bowie had a strong season 1984 to 1985 with 10 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 2.7 blocks. Despite Portland taking a step back, additionally, he made the all rookie first team and had a field goal percentage of 53.7%. Sally's career was dominated by injuries for the remainder of it. With 11.8 points and 8.6 rebounds in 38 games, he was having another strong season when he shattered his left tibia. He only played five games that season before breaking his. Uh, or sorry, the next season, before breaking his right tibia. Bowie experienced difficulty in his right leg during the preseason warm-ups for the 1987-88 to 88 season. His right tibia was found to have a hairline fracture. Following surgery, he missed 62 games. The following season, in addition to the entire current one, he only appeared in 20 more games for Portland. Bowie finished his career with the New Jersey Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Bowie nevertheless managed to turn into a, you know, he turned into respectable statistics despite the fact that his career didn't pan out the way everyone had imagined. Sadly, he will always be remembered as the person who was picked before Michael Jordan. Now, coming in at number 2, we have Darko Milicic uh, who drafted my by my Detroit Pistons. Now, some NBA draft busts are the result of poor play, while others are the result of Hall of Fame caliber players passing them up. Um, But Darko Milicic was kind of both. Uh, Prior to being selected in the NBA draft, Milicic played in Serbia. NBA scouts were interested in the 7-foot, 250-pound center, even at the age of 18. Teams believed he was the next major international prospect because of his superior skills. Now, Milicic was selected by the Detroit Pistons in the, uh, with the second overall pick in the 2003 NBA draft. Now, having acquired the pick in a trade years prior, Detroit was already one of the top teams uh, in the league. In his first few NBA seasons, he already played on the court. Throughout the two seasons, Milicic played only five Point eight minutes per game on average. In addition, he had a one point six, he had one point six points and one point three rebounds on average. And Milicic did, however, lead the Pistons to a championship um, in his first year, or at least he did win. One in his first year. Now, Milicic was traded to Orlando, to the Orlando Magic halfway through the 2005 to 2006 season. He appeared in 110 games for the team, averaging 7.9 points and 5.1 rebounds per game. He essentially bounced around the league after that. He had two turbulent seasons with the Memphis Grizzlies and appeared in eight games with the New York Knicks. Over the course of his final two seasons in the league, he only played 30 additional games. His unimpressive career lasted ten seasons. He had six points, four point two rebounds, and one point three blocks per game over that span. He also had a field goal percentage of four, uh, just forty six percent. His dismal performance, um, you know, wasn't really helping matters, uh, but the selection just made things worse. When you consider that Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade all selected, or were all selected after Milicic. With any of these players, Detroit could have established a dynasty, which uh, did, it does kind of hurt to look back at that because Carmelo, Chris Bosh, or Dwayne Wade would have been perfect picks to add to uh Piston's team that was kind of getting older and needed more young talent. Now coming in at the first spot, the biggest bust in my opinion in NBA history is Anthony Bennett who was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows this draft bust. Uh, but when the Cleveland Cavaliers selected LeBron James and Kyrie Irving first overall in the 2003 and 2011 NBA drafts, they hit a home run. Bennett only participated in one season at UNLV. His efficiency was outstanding. He averaged 16.1 points and 8.1 rebounds. Additionally, he made 37.5% of his three-point attempts and shot 53.3% overall. There was no obvious top player in the week 2013 draft class and the Cavaliers selected Bennett with the first overall choice which shocked I mean it, you know it kind of shocked a lot of people but also it was it was it was kind of an obvious pick because I mean the draft class was just so weak that I mean he's he's doing pretty good in the UNLV system now his professional his professional life has had a terrible start. In his first seven games, he only managed to score five points and made one field goal. Uh, I wish I could say things got better from there, but they didn't. He did not have he did not have two double doubles, but um, but that was I mean he. Sorry, he didn't. He did have two double doubles, but that was about it. Uh, he averaged four point two points and three rebounds per game this season. His strong shooting in college did not clearly translate, as he shot 35.6% from the field. Following his rookie season, Cleveland drafted Bennett, or sorry, not drafted, but traded Bennett to the Minnesota Timberwolves as part of a three-team trade. Despite more playing time, his numbers remained, um, you know, below par, subpar. Um, after the season, Minnesota um, purchased his contract. And then uh, Bennett's career ended after a season with both the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets. Fans presumably hoped for higher numbers rather than uh, superstardom um, from Bennett, but I doubt that was their expectation. His performance simply, um, you know, lacked any promise. I could pick on, you know, on the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo was available to the Cavaliers but was passed over by thirteen other teams. The Cavaliers could have, though, at least acquired a better player uh, with the first overall pick. Again, possibly even Giannis, which at that moment in time, Giannis was uh, even a reach for the Bucks. So, Or was considered a reach by the Bucks. So um, I'm not sure how well Giannis would have been recepted in Cleveland, as well as... Um, You know, who knows if Giannis would have even turned into the same player. Maybe Anthony Bennett's career kind of just fell to developmental team or like the team's developmental department and they just didn't develop him. So there could be a possibility that Giannis wouldn't have been as great of a player as we know him to be now and that was it for today's episode let me know what you guys think in the comments and while you're down there make sure you leave a like and subscribe and also leave that notification click on that notification button when you're notified of all the videos I release um and then if you are listening to it on the podcast version make sure you leave a follow and also while you're there leave a five-star review that would help me out a lot and thank you again for listening or watching all the way through have a great rest of your day bye